you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning. Don't, do not forget, man, jump on that right now, media. It is, uh, it's a, it's, everybody can individualize it. It's for you. Uh, the church said, hey, let's, how can we do things better? And this is a way, matter of fact, we've got somebody, uh, a couple people that has already taken their kids off of kids YouTube channel and Disney and took them over to the kids channel that's on here. You don't want to miss this. And here's the thing. It is appropriate. It's God approved because it's all been vetted by him. Well, some people vetted it. I'll just put it that way. Y'all all look at me crazy. So here's the thing. If you don't get it, you didn't get the QR code, go out there to the Next Step Desk. There's a QR code in there. Take a picture of it. Uh, scan it. Get signed up. It's your own email. It's your own password, everything like that. You heard Miss Abby say, don't forget Revival Night. Man, that's Thursday night. We've been praying. We've been praying for those people on the walls. We've been praying for the, your prayer requests. We believe that Thursday night is going to be an impactful night here at Compassion Church. You do not want to miss it. And then we're going to jump into Sunday, man, next Sunday, and let's pack this place out. Invite family and friends. It's in our counter, encounter service. It's going to be totally different than what you're used to, but we're believing that God's going to do some miracles in some people's lives. Amen? Can we believe that together? Can we have faith in this room to believe that God's going to move here in this church right here at Compassion Church? Amen? Let's do that again. All week long, start praying, start expecting. You come anticipating, and I tell you what, God is going to move. He's going to show up and show out. Maybe you've been praying for some things for a long time this coming up Sunday but between now and Sunday you could get your answer today but you know what God is the God of miracles and answers amen amen come on give Jesus some praise put your hands together for him listen guys I didn't know I'm a sweater so everybody on the front row I am so sorry <laughs> second row maybe even the third row it <laughs> may come your way but I brought a towel today and that way it's a I'm ready to preach so it's a long towel so we're ready to to get busy today so we've been talking about encounter. We've been, been talking about what it looks like. We've been taking a journey together. And so the very word encounter is where I want to start at. It says it means to come face-to-face -face with, come to face-to-face -face with, or to come upon an experience. That is the best thing that can happen to every one of us, is us to come face-to-face -face with Jesus, for us to have an encounter with God. Amen? God does not want us just to be aware of him. He wants us to have an encounter and a relationship with him. Some of us got to get that. Some of us just attend church, and we're just, I'm going to meddle for a minute. So, so some of us just get to church, and we think that's good enough. Coming to church and wearing a cross around your necklace doesn't make you a Christ follower. It means it's decoration. So he wants you to not just be aware of him. He wants you to encounter him. He wants you to be face-to-face -face with him. He wants to have a relationship with you, the good, bad, and the ugly, and all the between. He wants you, and he desires you. If not, he would not send his son to die on the cross for you. He wants you to have an encounter. Today, for the next few minutes, we're going to spend together, we're going to talk about a story that was in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in all three Gospels. And each one of them have a different perspective. Isn't it funny that how you can have a different perspective about, you can hear the same story, but you have a different twisted than somebody else? Anybody experience that? You used to play the telephone game, and y'all would whisper a story, and then somebody, it was all messed up by the time it got to the end. Before it was over, you know, somebody was married and, and had kids and flew an airplane with their wings, and it was just crazy, right? 
So Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell this story. And they tell this story, but in this story as I was reading, there's a story inside the story. And we're going to understand, we're going to look at the story inside the story. And so what the story begins with, it starts talking about a man named Jairus and his daughter. Jesus had crossed over. He, he was going among, and tons of people were, a crowd was just like pumping him because they knew that he was there. They knew he was the answer. They wanted to be with him. And so there was a man named Jairus who was a synagogue leader, and he made his way to Jesus, in front of Jesus, made his way through, and probably because he was a synagogue leader, they helped free open space because there was a multitude all around him, and they probably freed up space for him to come to Jesus, and he fell on, in front of Jesus on his feet, on his face in front of Jesus' feet. And he said to Jairus, said to Jesus, he said, my daughter is dying. She's 12 years old. Will you come to my house? Because I know if you touch her, she'll be healed. That's the story. But there's a story inside the story. Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to take the story inside the story. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When, all they, when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are, are crowding and pressuring against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that the power has gone out from me. The woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Father, I pray right now that your word would be a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. Lord, I pray right now that we would, we would not come in here, lead the same way we came in here. We would set it all down to you. Father, make your words come alive to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we begin the story, we got two people in the, the 12. We've got, we have a life that's just beginning at 12 years old. She's just 12 and she's dying. We don't know reason why, but she's dying. And then we have this lady, this other lady that's had 12 years of an issue of blood that she's been bleeding the entire time. This lady, this lady was only known in all three gospels. She was only known as the woman with the issue of blood. That's all she was. She didn't have a name. She was a nobody. Nobody listed her name. She was just the woman with the issue of blood. Her issues had issues. Can anybody identify? Does your issues have issues? I'm raising my hand. Sometimes my issues have issues. Most of the time my issues have issues that have issues, right? But she had issues. And according to the law in Leviticus, if you go back and look in, in, in Leviticus, it, it said it treated her with the issue of blood. It treats her as an outsider. She's an outcast. She couldn't, she couldn't be touched. Anything that she touched was unclean. The bed that she laid in was unclean. The chair that she touched was unclean. Matter of fact, the chair that she sat in was unclean. Even after she left, if you touched the chair she was, that she was sitting in, you were considered unclean. You had to go bathe. You had to go wash your clothes. And you had to declare to everybody, I'm unclean till the sun went down. Her issues had issues. See, Mark 5 and 26 says she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. 
So not only is this lady that has no name that she's a nobody, not only is it now she's rejected, not only is she rejected and an outcast, now she's broke. So now I'm getting angry, right? You did, I went to all these doctors, you can't give me an answer. I'm bad now. Because now my issues have issues. She took all of her wages. She took all of her savings. She took everything that she had. She spent it on that, and all she kept doing was getting worse. Can you identify with that today? You've done all that you know to do, but it's not gotten better. It's gotten worse. You've done all that you know to do. You've done everything everybody's told you to do, and it's not gotten better. It's just gotten worse. See, there's a, there's a place where she was tired of her issues having issues. She was tired of her issues defining her purpose. She said at one point in time, enough is enough. And there's somebody in here today that needs to say, enough is enough. I'm tired of my issues defining my purpose. Enough is enough. I'm not going through this again. She said, I'm going to dare to have an encounter with Jesus because I know he's the only one that can help me. I'm telling you today that he's the only one that can help you. But you've got a desire to have an encounter with him. You've got to come face to face with him. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. You've got to decide. Told you I was sweating today. Mark 5 and 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus... So she had had all these issues, and then she, all of a sudden she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, Mark tells us this. When Matthew tells us this, she said to herself, Self, if I only touch his cloak, I would be healed. She had to take a chance. She had to take a step of faith. She had to do something she had never done before. She had to believe that if I could just touch him, she had to believe for the impossible. The doctors couldn't help her. No money she could throw at it. Nothing could help her, but she said, I'm going to do the impossible. I'm going to have faith, and I'm going to take that step, and I'm going to touch Jesus is what I'm going to do. See, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is confidence in all, in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This woman with the issue of blood found herself in a crowd of people, but she was still alone. She wasn't supposed to be there. She was unclean. Matter of fact, if it, she was taking the chance because if people would have found out that she was there, they might have even stoned her because she wasn't supposed to be there. But she was tired of her issues, defining her purpose. Once you get tired of it, you're going to do something about it. So many people were there. It told us right there, they were pushing. They were almost crushing Jesus. They were all around him. But see, the difference between, between the woman with the issue and the crowd is this. The crowd wanted to be around Jesus, but she wanted to be changed by Jesus. That's the difference in it. We come to church and we get in his presence, but do we want to be in his presence? You and I have to decide. We don't want to be like the crowd and just be around. We have to have an encounter that is going to change us to be like Jesus. Do you know you can be around Jesus and not touch him? There's a difference. 
The woman with the issue of blood understood the difference. The difference is this. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The woman with the issue of blood became hungry. She became thirsty for an encounter of face-to-face to Jesus. She decided that no one could give me the answer. He's the only one that could give me the answer, and I'm going to go after that answer. I'm going to meet him face-to-face. You will get no more of a godly encounter than you are hungry and thirsty for. I'm going to say this one more time because somebody needs to hear this. You will get no more of a godly encounter than you are hungry and thirsty for. God is a gentleman and he will not force himself on you. Even though he wished you would run to him. But you got to get hungry for him. you got to get thirsty for him. you got to decide, you know what, there's nothing else in this world that matters but him. The, wish, the woman with the issue of the blood, she understood, I want an encounter with him. There was pushing and pulling in that crowd, almost crushing him. She had every reason to turn around and go home. But if it's going to take something, it's going to take something for her breakthrough. It's going to take something to get what she needed. It's going to take something for your breakthrough. It's going to take something for what you need in life. Sometimes we got to get aggressive. For her encounter, because she, she, wasn't like, she wasn't like Jairus, who they probably parted the way when he walked there because he was a synagogue leader. She was a lady full of shame, and she snuck up behind him. But you know what? She was probably having to throw some elbows to get people off so she could get to him. Sometimes you're going to have to throw the elbows to reach Jesus. Sometimes you're going to have to throw your hands up in the air to reach Jesus. Sometimes you're going to have to do something you've never done before to reach Jesus. She had decided her desires for the encounter will not be blocked by her prior disappointments. No one could do it for her. No one can do it for you. You have to decide, I want an encounter with Jesus. Luke 8.44 says, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Mark 5 and 29 puts it this way, immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She refused to let her issue or her surroundings to define her encounter. She was passionate about the encounter. Let me tell you something today about passion. Passion passion produces faith, and faith produces power. She had the faith. She was passionate. I'm going to reach him no matter what. I'm going to have the faith that no matter when I touch him, something's going to happen. And that's what will happen when you get passionate about God. Things will happen in your life. Luke 8, 45. Luke Chapter 8, verse 45 says, Who touched me, Jesus asked. Then they all denied it. Peter said, Master. I could just see Peter going, Don't you see the crowd, right? Sometimes just want to punch. Anyway, uh, Master, their people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that the power has gone out from me. Remember when we first started this story, we talked about Jairus, the synagogue leader. He was there in front, of, in front of Jesus at his feet. Jesus had his full attention. Jesus was looking at him, and he was talking to him. But then when that lady came from behind him, that nobody who, who fought the crowd to get there, when she touched him, the power came out of him, and now she's got Jesus' full attention. 
Jesus is now looking right at her. See, Romans 2 and 11, 11 says this, for God does not show favoritism. Some people go, man, you got it good. He don't show favoritism. You got it good too. You're blessed. You're blessed too. It just depends how you want to encounter him, how you want to be face-to-face with him. What do you do? Do you get on your face or you sit around and complain about what you don't have? See, she went be, from being rejected to be rescued. That's where she went. She went from being rejected to being rescued. She went from being in the crowd to being in his presence. There's a difference, and you've got to get hungry for it. All she had to do was reach out her hand and touch him. She went from being behind him and not noticed to being in front of him and having his full attention. Sometimes we got to reach out in our praise. We got to reach out in our worship. She now is face to face with a Savior. You can do the same thing. You've just got a desire. I want to get face to face with you, Jesus. See, when you have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, several things happen. And number one is this. The first thing that happens, you can't have a true encounter and hide. You can't have a true encounter and hide. He said in verse 47, Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. The woman with the issue tried hiding. She tried to go unnoticed. And maybe it's because she spent 12 years being rejected. She spent 12 years getting into a habit of being pushed away, being isolated. We don't know, but she was scared of what happened. But Jesus was probably staring right at her. I could just imagine. Have you ever been in class like that? Maybe you, your brothers or sisters, or maybe you, whenever your parent, like somebody did something, they broke something, and they're like, who did this? And they're looking at you. Like, I know who did that. That's Jesus. That's Jesus right there looking at her. I know who touched me. I ain't got to look around at anybody. You did it, right? You're in school and the teacher's looking like, who did this? You know, you're like, oh. He was probably looking right at her as to say it's going to be okay. Just take that one more step of faith, honey. Daughter, woman, woman with the issue, take one more step. One with the issue, just, just press in a little bit more. Just, just, just a little bit more. The crowd's still here, but they see me looking at you. You looking at me. We're looking at each other. <laughs> Hebrews 11 and 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And hear this, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. She went from feeling Rejected to accepted. The second thing happens is this. You can't, you can't have a true encounter and not tell everyone. See, verse 47 says, In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him. Can you imagine that here she is having to be in front of all of those people? She was around a crowd that was almost crushing Jesus when he was coming there. There was a multitude of people, and she had to step in. Here she had had an issue of 12 years. She had been healed, but now it was time for her to take a step of faith and tell everybody, yes, for 12 years I was rejected. Yes, for 12 years I had been separated. For 12 years I had been alone. For 12 years I had been isolated. For 12 years I had no physical contact. For 12 years, no one has hugged me. For 12 years, there's been no encouragement. For 12 years, there, I have been mentally drained. For 12 years, I have been physically drained. My body can't take anymore. 
For 12 years, I'd been taken advantage of by the doctors just taking all of my money and not giving me any answers. For 12 years, I'd been talk, the talk of this town. But this was her victory. This was her victory. You hear us say it, and you've read it, and you could quote it, but this is her victory. Revelations 12 and 11 says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much to shrink it from death. They laid down their life. She laid down what she, her comfort zone. She laid down to that 12 years of rejection. She laid it down and said, in his presence, I'm going to give him praise. And some of the interpretations, that word of triumph is actually overcomer. Some of that, some of the other ones say they it's a conquered. They conquered with the blood of the lamb in the word of their testimony. You can't hide it when Jesus does something for you. If you're hiding it, you're negating what he did. Your testimony is your weapon. Quit being ashamed of your testimony. Quit being ashamed of sharing. Quit. Some of the problem is we're still living in the old life, so we can't give a testimony because we're still hanging on to the old life. When you become a follower of Christ, we are not to shrink back, but we are to move forward. Because he has won everything. We're just following in his footsteps. As a follower of Christ, we are to help those others with issues. We're to help make a path for her to be able to reach. There's others that are lost in the crowd and they need to touch the hem of his garment. They need to touch him. And all they got to do is touch him. All they got to do, they're reaching and we've got to help them get there. We should be mandated. We should be compelled. Our hearts should be sick when we hear people pass away and die and don't have Jesus in their life. Because what did he do for you? For you to just get him and sit down? The third thing you can't have a true encounter, and stay the same. And how, verse 47, and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Mark 5 and 34 puts it this way. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. See, this woman for, with an issue of blood is no longer a woman with an issue of blood. Her name changed from a woman with an issue of blood to now he's calling her daughter. Now she has identity. See, when you encounter Jesus, when you have an encounter, your identity change. You're not the same old person that you used to be. You now have an identity of a son or a daughter of Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You now are part heir of the kingdom of heaven. But you got to stop hanging on to your issues. You must stop living like the old person. See, Deuteronomy 14 and 2, it says, I have been set apart as a whole, holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations and the earth to, hit, to be his own special treasure. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says it this way, but you are a chosen people. See, the thing is, is this, you're no longer identified as the person with an issue. You have a new identity. Unfortunately, we continue to hang on to the old issues because that's where we have found our identity. You continue to hang on to your old issues because that's where you found your identity. That's what keeps tripping us up, not to live in the fullness of him and come face to face. See, the issue of blood, for some of us, the issue of blood 
may have stopped flowing, but our mindset, our speech, our actions, how we identify ourselves hasn't healed yet. Jesus said, go in peace and be freed from your sufferings. To me, this is one of the most powerful statements in this story. Go in peace, be free from your sufferings. He said, go in peace. But the problem is we thrive in chaos. It's everybody else's fault that I'm this way. Everybody else did it. Have you ever met somebody that just loves drama? Oh, man. Get on my last nerve. I got a, I got a teenage daughter. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm not a girl. <laughs> Jesus, help us all. And if you got a girl and she ain't a teenager, Jesus, help you all. <laughs> We're supposed to hunger and thirst after his righteousness, but the problem is our favorite meal is the tea. Always getting the information. Not this tea. Always getting the tea. Always getting the information. But I just heard was. What you heard is you a gossip is what you heard. Because everybody knew to bring it to you because you're going to tell somebody else. I was going to meddle, but I'm going to stay back. I'm going to pull back so you don't check out on me because I want you to hear. Those people wonder why they don't have anybody coming to them or any friends. Because you're still the old you. You ain't had a new you. You haven't let go of being offended. You haven't let go of unforgiveness. You haven't let go of those old habits. You ain't got to let go of that old mindset. You're keeping a hold of that, but if you would just touch him, if you'd have an encounter face-to-face -face with him. See, encountering God means confronting truth and identity that will bring you victory. Sometimes you need to look yourself in the mirror and go, ooh, David, mm, you shouldn't have said that, and you shouldn't have thought that way. Now, ask for forgiveness from Jesus, and don't do it no more. You think I'm kidding. Sometimes you need to talk to yourself because you ain't listening to nobody else. And you need to get truthful with yourself. I can lie to everybody else. I can tell you what the out exterior should look like, but the interior is what Jesus knows looks like. As we conclude today, I told you there was a story inside this story, and that's the story inside this story. So let's rewind a minute, because what I feel like, if we look at it as a sandwich, I just made everybody hungry. Jairus is here. The woman that's called daughter now is here. And now let's finish up with the story with Jairus. So Jesus, so Jesus is talking with this woman with the issue of blood, the daughter now. She's been healed, and while he's talking to her, someone comes up to Jairus and says, your daughter has died. I can only imagine. I can only imagine how Jairus felt. I ask you first, 
you let my 12-year-old die, I ask you first. And maybe he wasn't feeling that way. That's how I would feel. But maybe he had more belief than me. Maybe his faith was stronger. He, but they said, let's go ahead and travel to, to your house. And they went ahead and went to Jairus' house. And they went in. And Jesus said, man, she ain't dead. She's sleeping. Rise. He brought her back to life. I'm telling you that end story to tell you this. That your issues is just as important as anybody else's issues to Christ. Your encounter is just important to, as anybody else's encounter. He wants you to be face-to-face -face with him. He wants you to be there. Jesus will take time for you to encounter him. He desires you to meet him face-to-face. -face. But here's the thing. We must press past the crowd. We got to press past the people that are around us. We've got to press past our past. We've got to press past the rejection, the crowd of isolation, the crowd of voices, the crowd of the whispers, the crowd of unforgiveness, the crowd of offense. We've got crowds that we've got to press through, but if we'll just press through them, we can reach out and we'll touch him. And he will say to us, go in peace and be freed from your sufferings. Are you willing to press into him? Are you willing to not be the woman with the issue, the man with the issue, the person with the issue, whatever you inherited as an issue? Maybe you inherited some issues and maybe you created some issues, but you don't have to be that anymore. You can just reach out and touch him and be called son or daughter. It can change for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today you can identify with the lady with the issue. Maybe you haven't let go, go of some of your issues. If you'll just reach out to him today, he'll take it. He'll heal you. Is there anyone today that says, by the lifting of the hand, I've got to let go of some stuff and I keep hanging on to it? Any hands, just put your hands up. Lord, you see these hands all over. I lift my hand up. Father, I'm with, we're all together. We just want to reach out to you. As we're reaching our hands saying, I'm identifying this, we're reaching toward the clo your cloak, to your garment, to the edge of you. We're reaching there. And we're saying, Father, touch us right now. Father, heal us right now. Father, let us go in peace and free us from our sufferings in our own mind. We claim victory in our minds, Father, right now. No longer are we going to be known as the woman with the issue, the man with the issue. We're known as our, your son and your daughter. And we claim freedom over that in your name and by the power of your blood. In Jesus' name, we claim that. Once again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, it's so simple today. All you've got to do is admit that, he, that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for you and rose again on the third day. And confess him, Lord, of your life. If today you say, I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. If you want to just lift your hand, I want to pray with you today. Is there anybody today that says, I don't know why I'd spend eternity. There's one hand. Is there anybody else in the house? There's two hands. Is there anyone else that says, man, I want Jesus today. I want Jesus today. I've seen two hands. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. We're all going to pray the prayer with you because we've, we've all said a prayer. We've all had to ask Jesus. So church, let's welcome this family member and let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and my life. Please forgive me for all my sins 
and all my ways. I repent and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever. Amen. Put your hands together. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.